Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brett Fnearly and you're listening to episode 214 of the show. It's the sports preview show for this week and we have a very special guest for you. We'll get to that in just a couple of moments. First of all, I want to talk about our sponsors today who are the local enterprise office Leitrim and specifically I want to talk about their 90% grant for trading online vouchers that runs to the end of September. So you can get for your business a brand new website or upgrading what you currently offer up to the value of €2,500 and they will pay 90% of that cost. If you want more information you can check them out localenterprise.ie forward slash Leitrim or if you don't even know the first place to start with that and looking for help in developing that online trading presence don't hesitate to get in touch with us here at Leitrim Daily. We can help you through that process. Info at leitrimdaily.ie or hit us up at Leitrim Daily on any or all of our socials, all the usual spots. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of this weekend's action, there is one thing that happened after we recorded the episode that we're just dropping in here at the start of the show. And that is a statement that came out from Leitrim GAA this morning at 9am. And I'll read the first paragraph to you. It's Akara, Leitrim GAA Management Committee at its meeting last night decided that the knockout stages of the Connacht Gold Senior Football Championship Smith Monumentals Intermediate Football Championship and in all probability at least the semi-finals and final of the Vistamed Junior A Football Championship will be played behind closed doors. While the government imposed crowd limits remain at a maximum of 200 people per outdoor venue. Now that's the start of a statement. You can read it in full on the Leitrim GAA website. I'm guessing a lot of you will already have seen it or read it at some stage before you've listened to this podcast on Friday afternoon. I'm joined by the Secretary of Leitrim County Board, Declan Bowen, whose name is at the bottom of the statement. Declan, I'm guessing quite a negative reaction to this, but I think all things considered at the moment, probably the right decision. Yes, Brasny, um, of course there's a, a, a lot of negative reaction to it. Um, I think we acknowledge in the statement that it would be um, considered which, uh, which would be taken with a degree of shock. It wasn't an easy decision to make, uh, but as you pointed out, uh, and it is clearly laid out in the beginning of the statement, the restriction of 200 people, and that's inclusive of players, officials, media personnel, stewards and everything else, it effectively was eaten into uh, the number that would be available for uh, spectators. And I suppose heretofore, what we would have done with the with the uh, group stages of the senior championship would have been to give 60 tickets for supporters to each club and 40 for players and officials. And interest levels do rise naturally as you go deeper and deeper into a competition, which means that what we would have achieved, I suppose, in the group stages is near is impossible to achieve going into the knockout stages when the natural interest levels rise as you get to conclude the stages. And like it, it, it really is, uh, you know, it, it, it is there's negativity obviously coming from there. Are people who can't understand why it has been made, but why we've made that decision. But in the greater interest of the health, I suppose, and safety of. Um, of of our spectators, players and officials, and the gathering of people together, you know, has forced our hand on this one. And should the should the numbers um, 
the number, numbers allowed rise to 500 or whatever it is, of course it can be reviewed at that stage. But that's as we see it as the safest way to ensure that the conclusion of our competitions. You know? I suppose one of the things you allude to in the statement as well is actually the management of those limited number of tickets were you to issue them because who gets them, who decides who gets them, and then what happens when someone without one shows up to a, a volunteer steward at the ground on a match day because we all know each other in the community in the football world here in County Leitrim and that kind of thing could create an awful lot of bad blood between individuals, between clubs, between perceived slights maybe that don't exist but just have been enforced in a certain way. Yeah, I mean, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Brettany. You know, the, we are a small county. By and large, everybody knows everybody. A nod and a wink and all that type of thing, you know, could, could result in people um, arriving at venues without tickets and suddenly you see the crowds growing. Now, that that to again, to go back to the fact that, you know, as teams are eliminated from the competition and it becomes closer and closer to, we say, semi-finals and finals, more people will be available to go to the games, more people will want to go to the games. I know, to be fair, clubs uh, are are doing what they could with the tickets and the allocations that, that were given, but from the point of view of uh, later into the competition and and that interest levels, it, it, it would inevitably lead to friction and uh, difficulties within clubs in as regards who would be allocated the tickets um, and, you know, who's left out, who has to make hard decisions at gates, whether if people showed up without a ticket to try to get in. These are all factors that were, that were taken into consideration. And, and, you know, as harsh as it may seem, it was viewed that the fairest solution was that, you know, that heartache and difficulty for club officials is, relatively speaking, being taken out of their hands now and it's just players and officials only. In terms of the rise of cases across the county in recent weeks, we've seen shutdowns in Kildare, Leash, Offaly and sport has been included in that. So was there an element of looking at the bigger picture and saying, well, if we limit the number coming to games, that it might reduce the risk of an outbreak within the GA community in Leitrim that could cause problems for clubs or for the entire championship structure itself? Yeah, well, I suppose this, the, the, the virus, you know, as you know, Brefney, from the point of view of, we'd say, recent stories in the last couple of weeks, it hasn't gone away. And, you know, while we would have hoped, and everybody in the country would have hoped that, you know, given the phases of return to action and return to work and return to everything else that has been happening over the last number of weeks and months, uh, since the summer came in, there was a promise, if you like, without it being a guarantee that the numbers of people that would be able to attend sporting events was going to increase sign up time on time. And when we started our championship on the first weekend, the limit was 200, with the hope that by the second weekend, that it would rise to 500. That has been put back. We don't know what's happening in September, but we're, we're preparing for the fact that it is not rising. Now, we don't know that it's not rising. If there's a government announcement before the quarterfinals that it rises to 500, well, then so be it. Uh, that causes will cause us to have to review the situation. But but the very fact is that, that vi- the virus is alive and well. Leitrim is in a good state, uh, if you like, from the point of view of... of um, of cases and the numbers of cases uh, since the start of this virus. But, you know, we, we can't really afford to leave ourselves open to inviting it into where we where we where we congregate as crowds. And we've taken on we've taken that decision, um, you know, with a fair degree of reflection, it has to be said, despite the fact that it's been suggested as a knee jerk and all that type of thing. You know, it has been reflected on and um, it's 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 viewed for the, for the better good of all, you know. I suppose there has been a bit of anecdotal uh, 
kick back against this particularly given the success of the the live streaming event that's going to go behind behind a paywall from next week according to your own statement today now some negatives will say oh they're just trying to get people to buy that but i think that's unfair um in terms of the reality not to defend you but in reality a family that might have gone to the game where it could have been maybe 30 or 40 euros for the GA from a family is now five euros to watch the game for everybody sitting around the television in the house. So it's kind of not, I mean, it's a mute point, but what do you say to people who are saying that it is an attempt to possibly uh, promote that whole service that you're running? Yeah, well, just the first uh, little point that I must say to you there, Bethany, uh, what five euro has been mentioned as a possible figure, um, the figure for watching a game on live stream would be seven euro, and there would also be a weekend pass thrown into it, but that's neither here nor there. Um, in terms of, yes, what you said, I would say criticism on that, in that part, criticism that we may receive from that point of view is decidedly unfair when, you know, we are trying our best to, to ensure that the maximum number of games possible will be made available to all of those who can access them. And, you know, you, you, you rightly say, yes, of course, of course, it could be a, a saving, if you like to, to, to put it that way. Uh, I think it would be very unfair to assume that, you know, Leeds from GA could uh, give up, if you like to put it that way, the fact that Gates effectively and the concluding stage of the championships as it stands uh, will be non, non, non-existent. We will get no receipts from it. We provide a live service, a live stream service, that is is at a at a cost to us. Let's be honest about it. It's not it's not it's not a freebie, uh, and and that type of cost, you know, is being recovered by placing it on a pay per view platform as well as allowing people to to watch the games from the comfort of wherever they choose. But and that most likely obviously would be at home. But um, I think it would be a very unfair criticism to suggest that this has been done purely because to facilitate a, a payment or gathering of funds through a paywall you know that would be would be i think i think you know most reasonable people would understand that you know it's a service being provided in the circumstances that we find ourselves in you know oh no given uh, my intimate knowledge of how expensive it is to create the media that you're creating it's uh it's definitely if it covers its own cost and wipes its own face for this season it'll be a big achievement for the county board in terms of that in terms of the impact on your own finances as a county board have you looked at the implication of going the whole way to the finals without any gate receipts yeah, well, well, we have Brevney and, and you know, I mean, I suppose, it, look, traditionally in previous, in other years, in normal years, if you like, well, that way, um, we would be looking at gate receipts that would probably be running somewhere in excess of 100,000 for the, for the entirety of the championship. That's been greatly diminished, obviously, because of the fact that, you know, OK, as you know, the group stages uh, were given to the clubs and there was good reason for that because, you know, they didn't have any league games this year. They didn't have any access to raising funds. What we're really looking at now is a situation whereby the Leeds Club Championship is going to be worth zero to us for this year. And that's going to have massive implications going forward. But, you know, some things are bigger than money, to be honest with you. And this is purely uh, a, a decision made on, on health and safety grounds for, for people, for supporters, uh, and to try and keep this keep the virus keep the virus at bay, if you like to put it that way. Um, and some things are bigger than, as I said, uh, bank balances and uh, and funds for, for, for county board coffers going forward, you know. Yeah, no, as I said at the outset, I, I firmly believe you've made the right decision uh, on a personal level. And I just think um, 
I hope that the supporters understand the, the reasoning behind that. So having a chat with you today was to try and give you the opportunity to kind of maybe explain it in your own words as to why um, why you've, you've collectively made that decision. I think it's the right decision for everybody's health and, and welfare. And as you said, way more important than what's in the bank uh, at this point of our, our um, dealing with the coronavirus. So so kudos to you and to Leitrim GA in making what can't have been an easy decision at last night's meeting. Declan Bohan, uh, thank you very much for joining me as always and for giving us a bit of clarity on all of that. Appreciate okay, it. Okay, Brett. Thank you. Some soccer news this weekend and of course the SSE Airtricity League despite a scare of COVID over the last week or so down in Waterford continues this weekend. Sligo make the trip to Cork tonight and Niall Moran will feature for the Bitter Red in their clash with Cork City who enjoyed a 1-0 victory a bit against the odds during the week over Longford. They left it late, the 121st minute, the injury time of extra time to seal that win on Tuesday evening in the FAI Cup. Neil Fenn's side will be hoping to get their first win of the revised season with a victory over Sligo tonight but Liam Buckley's men will have other things in mind. They're going for three wins on the bounce. A phenomenal turnaround from their initial four defeats in four games in the original season back in February and March. In the Women's National League, Cork also the venue for Derville Byrne and her Pimout United side as they travel to Bishopstown at 2pm to take on Cork City in that fixture. 5-0 against Munster opposition at Treaty in a home fixture last weekend set them up nicely for the season and they'll be hoping to continue that good form into that game tomorrow afternoon. Best luck to Derville and Niall in both of those particular clashes. One game that has fallen foul of the COVID regulations and the lockdown in Kildare, Leach and Offaly is Sligo Rovers under 17 girls and Myrne Devaney part of that squad. The Manhampton player will have to wait another week for their season to start. Pmount United with a few girls from that region unable to field the team this weekend so the game not being played will be refixed for a later date was due to be played tomorrow night in the showgrounds and uh, that is no longer taking place. One final bit of soccer news before we focus on the Gaelic action of the weekend is Manor Rangers who have guaranteed themselves second place albeit without kicking a ball the other night. Unfortunately Cartran unable to win their game in hand last night which means that they will finish at least third in the table. They've completed their season and barring an absolute miracle it will be Carberry who lift that league title. Manor and Cartran finish their league campaigns both on 47 points both on plus 31 goal difference. Carberry two games left to play with two games in hand obviously and they are one point behind with a far superior goal difference. So a single point, a draw against either Cliffany Celtic or Ballasadere United in their last games will see them clinch that league title. And more than likely, given at the league table at the moment, 7th and ninth out of 11 places those two teams currently sit, both with losing records this season. And I can't see anything other than um, victory for Carberry or at least a point in one of those games. I can't see two defeats. But here is hoping for Man Rangers that they can sneak into a league title by virtue of Carberry maybe messing up. Of course, some good news for Manor Rangers. They may finish the season with a trophy after all. Uh, they play Carton United in the final of the Glasshouse Hotel Cup next Saturday, August the 22nd. So we'll have a bit of a focus on that game on next week's show. The guest for today's preview show of this weekend is someone whose voice 
needs absolutely no introduction to most sports fans in the county. You're a scummer man by birth, but there's a little bit of Leitrim blood in there as well. John Lynch, welcome to the programme. Perfectly delighted to be here, and thanks for the very kind introduction. Is it an accurate introduction, though? Is there a little bit of Leitrim blood floating through there? Definitely, I suppose, at this stage, and, you know... I suppose when we look at it at home, I'm married to a good Leitrim woman who has thankfully kept with me for the last over 13 years and kept me on the straight and narrow. And you can look at it now at this stage, our eldest um, son, Michael, uh, he at this stage now will be wearing a Roscommon jersey and a Leitrim jersey. How did you manage to get that? He supports both counties, believe it or not, and keeps an eye out for it. And now he always he got used to going to a few of the Leitrim games with me early on. And very much bought into that. And then Roscommon had the little bit of success over the last couple of years as well. And going to school in Roscommon and he's seen all the euphoria that went with them winning a Connacht title. So he's discovered the best of both worlds, that he can kind of support Roscommon one day and Leitrim the next. So he's in a win-win situation, I'd like to thank anyone. Absolutely, although with Roscommon and Leitrim on the, on the overall balance of a lifetime, probably not the win-win side of the equation. In Maybe the not, but he's, you know, one thing about him already, and he's just coming in, he's very diplomatic and he makes sure that if Leitrim loses or Roscommon loses, he'll always tell mum or dad look at they'll do better the next day which is a good a good trait from to have very it's a on. handy habit it to is, have yeah, in this absolutely. neck of the words let's first of all talk about obviously Shannon Side FM where mm-hmm. people would have probably first come to, to know you uh, especially in covering Gaelic football matches talk to us about how you first got involved in the whole side of commentary well, a very strong Leitrim connection, believe it or not, how I, how I got involved in, in sports journalism and commentary in the first place. And it goes all the way back to 1993, believe it or not. I went to secondary school in Jumchamba Vocational School. So there's another Leitrim connection there. And at the time, the school would be synonymous for volleyball, one of the big sports in it. And you'd have covered a lot of their success yeah, so, yeah. In, in recent times. And John King down there would have been a legend. So... When I was going to school, I'd been very much maybe playing volleyball, maybe on a second team or whatever. It never would have been anywhere good enough to get near the, the, the first team squad. They were winning all Ireland's and they were absolutely fantastic. But lo and behold, on one of those finals, when they were playing Loch Ray back in 1993, and Sir Farrell, the Galway hurling manager, well-known Sunday game pundit, was actually the manager of Loch Ray. But I ended up on that particular occasion, along with Patrick Noon, son of Porrick Noon, who was one of the teachers down there, providing an all-Ireland commentary on one of those finals. And at the time it was done kind of as a bit of fun or whatever. So Porrick Noon seen something in it that I certainly didn't see at the time. And he entered the video into an RTE competition which was run on a programme called Joe Maxi. Just be remember it well, yeah. Monday to Friday and it just go out at six o'clock just before home and away, I think Blonnet, who's on on Nationwide now, was one of the presenters at the time. I think Ryle Nugent, if memory serves me correctly, was on it as well. It's ringing bells, all right, yeah. Yeah, so the man I used to thank for all of that, this competition was being ran for a young sports journalist, and Porrick sent in the video to it at the time. And I thought to myself, well, this guy is stone raving mad. They'll have a great laugh at this now, putting in a video of us having the crack and the bit of fun, and they'll have a great laugh above the judging committee. But lo and behold, one of the judges at the time was Des Cattle. And whether nobody else entered the video section or not, I never know it in this day, Breffney. But a couple of weeks after the final and their war preparing for the leave inserts, and and I always remember the principal coming in, Porrick McLaughlin, absolutely wonderful principal, who was hugely encouraging, and we set up a school radio the following year or whatever. But Porrick came up and he he came into the classroom and he called me out and he says, God, what sort of trouble am I in here now? (laughs) And he had a a phone, one of these cordless phones in his hand. He says, a telephone call for you. I was wondering, God, what's wrong or who's looking for me? And at the other end of the line, it was Des Cahill. And he started explaining, I first of all thought it was a joke someone having me on, but he told me that he, that he watched the video and he enjoyed it and it, that it had won the video section. 
I thought to myself, oh, this kind of knocked me for six. And the competition was sponsored by Capri Sun at the time. And to cut a long story short, there was a, a photograph taken on the on the on the Leitrim Observer. God be good to John Keeney. He came down and took a photograph at the time. And then on the back of that, a few weeks later, I got a phone call from Joe Finnegan in Channonside, who was the station manager at the time. And the Community Games finals, the national finals, were coming up in Mosney, and Joe asked me would have been in a position to cover that. And I started off in nine, the summer of 1993 covering the Community Games, did a few bits and pieces with Shannon Side in the lead-up then, and in 1996, I had to go for at the time from, I think it was Hugh Gralton who used to do a lot of the games, former Leitrim footballer. Hugh used to do some of the matches before that in Leitrim and Joe Finnegan. Hugh went back playing. He had a second coming as a player around that time and indeed played on the St Mary's team in 96 that went all the way to the county final against Alan Gales. But to cut a long story short, I came in and I started doing Leitrim matches as a, a correspondent in 1996 and I started commentating on club championships and inter-county championship games in 1997. And then in 2011, uh, sorry, 2006, I joined up full-time. I was the station's head of sport from 2006 right up until 2017, where it probably had reached a natural end, where I had been with the station for 22 years. I had been head of sport for 11 years, covering five different counties. So at that stage, then, you probably were looking at maybe new challenges or whatever, and then I went out on a little bit of a freelance mission. Maybe it was a midlife crisis or whatever, and you decide to try something new. So there was great memories there, very... Good introduction back into it, and with the likes of, I suppose, Seamus Duke initially, who was the sports editor, Vincent Duffy, who would have worked very closely with, and Joe Finnegan as well, who was hugely supportive, and I would have learned so much, you know, from Joe there as well. I made an awful lot of, you know, good friends there, and the majority of the work that I would have done for Shannon Site would have been in Leitrim, because Willie Hegarty would be living, you know, very close to Roscommon, sort of, it made sense for him to go to the Hyde, it made sense for me to go to Carrick and Shannon, it's only about 12 miles up the road for me. And for the likes of, say, Benny O'Brien in the more recent years than John Duffy and Longford. So everything was divided kind of county by county basis. And it just really rolled from there. So basically, you ended up in Leitrim for expenses, to keep the expenses down. i say it was probably one of the reasons. It was probably one of the reasons. But you know something? It was hugely enjoyable. And for me, it was great going in and out of Carrick. And actually, for the, first, for the couple of years when I went out on a freelance basis, it was actually one of the things I missed. When you'd be hopping into the car below in Fratterfield in Waterford and you're looking at maybe a three and a half, four hour drive, you've been thinking to yourself, God, I missed the journeys, you know, back down in Carrick and Shannon, where I'm at home in 15, 20 minutes. But thankfully it's gone round full circle again and we'll work through ocean and with the with the streaming and, and back in in a major way covering games and, and getting the best of both worlds. A little bit of work nationally with RTE and then obviously covering a lot of games locally here as well. And of course the local games now taking place in such luminary spots as Kinlaw from last weekend. With the new streaming service from the county board and you've been heavily involved in the, the the public side of that at least if not mm-hmm. in behind the scenes but in terms of the commentaries that people are listening to on that fantastic production we had Brendan on the show last week obviously telling us about the technical end of that mm-hmm. what's it like from your point of view being the, the kind of the voice of, of that whole new project absolutely brilliant and I have to say I'm really enjoying it and I actually listened to the podcast of Brendan last week and you know Brendan had never emphasise maybe the, the role that he brings to it but it, it was so interesting how it came about and I suppose maybe it's one of the positive things to come out of COVID and I know so many people can't get to games and this is offering them an opportunity maybe to watch it at home. Um, it's a very professional organisation to be involved with and the expertise that Brendan brings to it from a graphic perspective is fantastic in 
Martin Costello getting streaming and you know from locations like for say for Leitrim Village or Shambo where we did a game we did a match in, in Kidlock as you mentioned last week more in Bandamore and we're in Anaduff next week Brian Blake who had worked with him a long number of years on camera work here in the county is a fantastic cameraman and it's not every cameraman by the way can do GA games or do any sport it's you know there's very good cameramen that can do maybe on fixed locations and that's their forte, but Brian is absolutely brilliant for getting those close-ins, those wide shots. He does a fantastic job in it. So we kind of brought together, I suppose, four people with different skill sets coming into it. And we had a, the county board had their IT committee set up, and it was one of the things that was discussed, you know, that they'd like to get the games out there. And I was approached, I suppose, initially on a road from the presentation and the commentary end of it. And when I looked at the package and I seen what they were proposing to do, it grabbed me. It was exciting. It was something new. And then, you know, Martin McGowan is in there as an analyst as well. And you could describe Martin as Mr. Leitrim because there isn't a footballer in the county that he doesn't know. He has great knowledge of them. He's worked with so many of them in a professional capacity and coaching as well. He's got a great ability to read a game. So it's a very interesting project and we were, I suppose, conscious of the fact that, you know, setting up for the first few weeks, there would be teething problems and we wanted to see what we could do better. But it's kind of rolled nicely from one week to the next and we're in Anaduff now next week for the game against Cortletcher in the Intermediate Championship. But we've got a number of games under our belt so far and I have to say we're blown away by the response and the cooperation from the clubs and the response that we're getting outside. And one of the things that has been mentioned to us, you know, this is an opportunity to showcase a very good product in Leitrim, a hugely competitive club championship where the game the other night between Melvin Gales and Manor Hamilton, some of the football in that breath was absolutely amazing. The build-up played some of the goals, the score taken, the intensity, it was a local derby. The Leitrim Club Championship is as good as anywhere. Now, I know you can say, well, look at the provincial level, how have Leitrim Clubs done there in the past. Take that one side. You've got an awful lot of teams at a similar level that are going at this hammer and tongs. And for once, and again, and maybe as a, as a result of COVID, you've got the club players with all the county contingent in where they have the first bite of the cherry this year. Normally it's the county inter-county and the inter-county players come back, maybe injured or suspended, and it takes a while for the club championship to get going. The club championship is a wonderful product here in Leitrim. It's been showcased now, I suppose, through the live streaming and, and organisations such as yourselves and other media outlets that, that are covering it here within the county. But it's a wonderful, wonderful product and it's hugely enjoyable. And I'll tell you something, from the knockout stages onwards, it's going to be very interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, I think a lot of the entertainment value or the the spectator or supporter interest in, in championships doesn't necessarily come from the quality of football. Like mm -hmm. Two of the best games I've seen this summer were in the ladies' junior football championship, riddled with errors, riddled with mistakes, little faux pas from players. But that didn't matter. It was lovely weather, it was a nice environment, reasonably large crowd, probably close to about 150, 200 people mm -hmm. at it. Lovely atmosphere, played in the spirit of a, a decent contest, and both games settled by... Uh, aggregate score of a point a draw yeah. and a single one point victory and even though there's loads of goals and there's loads of mistakes and loads of everything it was about the who's going to win this game and the competition and I think Leitrim maybe before the championship we wouldn't have said that I think most commentators I don't know if you'd agree with me would have said there was probably three maybe four sides that realistically had a chance of, the, of winning this now I think it's fair to say there's probably six or seven teams that realistically are now eyeing up a quarter final spot going I think we have a chance of winning yes, this. Absolutely. I think there's definitely seven teams in the senior championship would have a would have a very realistic shot at us. And you've summed it up very well. And if we can for a moment, maybe just to make, we're making the comparison between club and inter-county. And if we just look at inter-county for a moment, the most attractive competition, in my view now, at inter-county at the minute is the Allianz Leagues. And why is that? Because you've got teams that are on a similar level playing each other out 
where the games are normally very, very competitive. There's none of this thing like in the championship or the qualifiers where you have mismatches and there's cricket scores between the teams at the end of the day. So if you've got a competition, say, like for instance, in the Allianz League and Leach improved it in Division 4 and in Division 3 this year as well, um, you know, where they're competitive, they managed to get their draw against Derry, they managed to get the victory against Louth. That's... To me, you know, it shows the team that you have an opportunity of going out in any one of those league games and you have an opportunity of getting something. When it comes to the championship, and particularly as much as we love them and as much as we celebrate it, I suppose, in Leitrim, the provincial success in 94, and you could make arguments that the Connacht Championship with Roscommon winning a couple of titles recently has been fantastic. But on the other side of that, if you take off the rose-tinted glasses or the primrose and blue-tinted glasses and you look at it from a perspective where there have been so many hammerings down throughout the years in the provincial and in the All-Ireland qualifiers, there's something wrong there and that has to change. And, you know, I suppose that would be one of the downsides maybe coming away from having covered Leitrim games in the past inter-county levels. Defeats against the likes of Amma, against the likes of Down, where Leitrim would have taken big beatings and you're coming back from that. And, you know, even as a journalist covering it, it can be demoralising and you just have to feel well what are the players feeling like if we're feeling like this and you compare that to maybe where you have a competition where you have teams that are evenly matched like the Allianz League or like the Ladies Junior A Championship that you quite rightly pointed out there I think the structuring of the competitions have to be looked at and again that's something I think has to be reviewed and maybe the the provincial championships have to be looked at as well and how they're going to do it because at the moment the National League and the next best competition after that or maybe on a par with it now for excitement and Cara Finna brought it to a new level has been the, the All-Ireland Club Championships, the Provincial Club Championships but most important of all, the County Club Championships. Of course the introduction of club games on TV has really helped push that forward, particularly locally now the RT as well as TG Carr mm-hmm. who've always done it but now the RT are covering club championship games up and down the country, it really is a huge addition to the sport, both hurling and football. There's no doubt about it and I suppose one of the places where this really came home to me first of all was Back in 2017, when I just started out on a freelance route, I did a few games for Air Sport as well. They were involved in the club championship at the time. And that probably gave it a new lease of life and people were saying, well, why are Air covering this? Well, TG Gara had managed to do it successfully for a long number of years. And there's a huge gap out there for it. And again, it was no surprise to me and probably maybe, again, maybe one of the, the benefits of maybe RT, if you can say that, having lost some of the international sports rights that they had, that all of a sudden then places came up on the schedule where there might have been Champions League or Six Nations rugby in the past and you had to fill that void and I think very wisely the likes of Declan McBennett now has probably looked and has identified well here's maybe something that hasn't been tapped into here before the club championships and again you can see it now with every county streaming games as well there is an absolutely massive interest in it and that's going to become more evident, I think, Prefney, as we move into the next few weeks and we get in towards September and in towards October as the, the competitions reach the business end of it. There is going to be more and more interest in the, the club championships in all the counties. And rightly so, because, again, it's, it's an absolutely fantastic product. And I think there's been something so refreshing about getting back out and looking at games and watching games. In, on the backdrop of COVID and everything that people have gone through, it's maybe some slight degree of normality in very strange and worrying times. Let's move a little bit closer to home uh, and specifically this weekend's action because it's mm-hmm. round five of the intermediate and the senior football championships in the county. 
and things really more or less settled in terms of who's going to go through so many different permutations we're not going to get bogged down in that in terms of where people might finish up yeah. and who might face each other there's a couple of dead certs uh, where mm-hmm. that's easy enough to do but we're not going to go into all of the permutations but let's take a look at the senior fixtures first then we'll go through the intermediate I know you're covering an intermediate game this week but you've had a chance to look at at least six of these teams if not more mm-hmm. um, in the first opening four rounds you've probably you've done four games now I think haven't you so you've yeah. probably seen seven or eight of these teams yes absolutely um, and I've seen probably most of them at this stage as well so we should be in a fairly good position to have a chat about where we think it's going to end so up so the health warning probably always does <laughs> oh listen my <laughs> My predictions at the start, and I haven't, I haven't looked at them since, but I know they're not right. right. Um, in terms of the, um, in terms of the, the competition, let's look, take a look at the league tables first mm-hmm. of all and see where where we are. We obviously we know in Group One, Ahuilan, three wins and or three games, defeats. and unfortunately three defeats for mm-hmm. them. Uh, they will be out of the championship. They will contest the relegation playoffs. So we know that's the situation there. Carrick have their four games played. They're currently in fourth place. It's unlikely to change. There is one combination of results that could see them move into third, uh, but it's unlikely uh, they would require Balnamore to lose and also Fina and Mohol to both win. Of course, Fina playing Balnamore, so Fina to, to win and Mohol not to lose to Ahawillan. Mm-hmm. Um, not the most unlikely of circumstances, but probably both together unlikely to happen based on form. So realistically, Carrick more than likely fourth in that group. And then you've got Mohul, Fina and Shauna Heslins, and that's going to come down to a, a shootout between um, Fina and Shauna Heslins, effectively. Of course, Mohul have already beaten Fina, so if Fina win, they may top the group. If Balnamore win, they'll finish second in the group, should they beat Ahwilan. But again, so many permutations. Let's talk about the actual games this weekend. The fixtures themselves, uh, Ahwilan, of course, they host Mohul. Ahwilan already relegated, but they host Mohul at 5 o'clock, while Shauna Heslins, just down the road in Balnamore, host Fina. A very local feel to this group, but a, a local feel this weekend. How do you think it's going to go? The big story, I think, from this particular group is the, the fact that Ahwilan won't be involved in the knockout stages of the championship. And if you look back in the champions, I think, in 2014, 2016... And 18. And 18... And you could be saying, right, every two years, this seems to be a county title there. Now, Plunkett was a big loss them at the very start of the of, of the championship, and that was always going to impact them. That game against St. Mary's was huge in the Bank Holiday Monday. Remember, it was postponed with the weather conditions, and they lost that down there. So that always put the pressure on them. And then FINA have been one of the big surprise packages. Some people would say, now, if you look at the FINA team, and you look at the talented forwards that they have, and the age profile, I think Donald Wynn is the oldest player on the FINA team, and he's only a young lad, really. So it just shows that this is an up-and-coming team, and youth has no fear. Um, the games for this weekend, Ahwillan, at this stage now have to be getting themselves into the frame of mind that regardless what happens in this game it's going to be all in two weeks time when they play either Drum Riley or Alan Gales now I'm not for a minute suggesting that Drum Riley are going to be in that relegation final because that's a huge match for Alan Gales to go, to, to go into on the other side and we'll talk about that later but you can imagine Ahawil and say if they were playing Drum Riley in a relegation final so a huge match there so Ahawil and I'll be looking to try and maybe get some form together get some momentum together and maybe to get a win just to set themselves up psychologically more than anything else for that huge game for them against Mohal I think Mohal will have a major say in the championship they were unlucky enough last year Liam Keenan is there very very accomplished manager an awful lot of good players slowly coming back to the mix so going on form at least I'd be thinking that Mohal will probably edge this one out before what Ahawil will be looking for is a performance to take into that relegation final the second match your, your huge local derby Shauna Hestlands set up I suppose a team that have set up a little bit defensively from the, the match that I watched them against Ahawillam. But they've got a very experienced manager there in Dominic Corrigan. They were so close to winning the senior championship last year. 
The hunger seems to be there again. They're going through the, I suppose, the group stage is okay with the exception of that setback against St. Mary's. Fina have been a surprise package. Joe Flynn is an excellent young manager. He's in the quarterfinals of the championship now for the second year running after being there with St. Mary's last year. So probably the experience of Sean O'Hestlands will tell a lot, but at the same time, a lot of people will be looking forward to seeing Fina and this youthful team in the quarterfinal action. But I'll probably go for a Sean O'Hestlands win there. Yeah, of course, Fina have those five county players and two under-20s as well thrown Correct. into the mix so half their squad played county football at a decent level last year so it's, it's and it's come back to that earlier point that I made you can see how they are benefiting now playing the club championship before the inter-county imagine if it was the other way around and the mileage those guys albeit young players maybe injuries Lack, lack of form or whatever so Fiena are definitely benefiting from the fact that they are getting first shot at the county players absolutely in terms of group 2 Melvin Gales have their championship campaign complete they are currently on top of the of the table but maybe possibly will stay there depending on mm-hmm. how results go this weekend Leitrim Gales in second on 5 points Glencar Manor on 4 and then Alan Gales and Drumroyle who play each other this weekend they are on 1 point and 0 points respectively so it's really a winner take all a draw will put the Drumshambo side through Leitrim Gales and Manor they play each other as well a victory for Glencar Manor will see Melvin Gales top the group mm-hmm. on head-to-heads from last weekend and a draw or a victory for Leitrim Gales will see them top the group which will be a phenomenal achievement in their first season at this level ever. Oh, absolutely and that, that Leitrim Gales team have been coming and I've been in, in a position over the last I suppose 10 years plus where part of the thing that we do is you know we do maybe commentaries we dub commentaries onto DVD underage finals so I've watched a lot of these young lads in that basis and you know there was an awful lot of talent building there nicely the big step for Leitrim Gales was to win the intermediate championship and once they did that then the world was the right because that, that opportunity of getting into the senior and maybe the pressure was off it's all about consolidating yourself maybe for the first year or whatever at senior now Melvin Gales put intermediate and senior titles back to back in 2011 and 2012 so for Leitrim Gales they're going down now to play a Glencar Manor team that looked to bounce back from last week I'm not sure about Glencar Manor yet I've watched them now in two of the games so we've did commentary on the first match against Alan Gales Alan Gales created five goal chances in that particular game and that would be a worry for Sean Boylan again Melvin Gales scored four goals last week now there was some great build up play for some of those Melvin Gales goals Glencar Manor are in many ways your typical county champions in the sense that maybe some players who would have put in huge effort last year have been a little bit late coming back the word of the ground is that some players have a, a curtailed involvement when it comes to maybe training and being involved in the setup so they now are at a stage where they have to sit down that melvin gales defeat will have i suppose any papers that was over cracks have been removed and they now know what they need to do if they want to retain this title and if they want to get serious so they have to crack it up but at the same time i think there could be timing a run maybe to the quarterfinals but this will be a huge match with them against leitrim gales the leitrim gales team who would have been disappointed maybe to have left from Shambo with a draw had a great victory in their in their opening round against Melvin Gales so a lot to play for here and you know something I wouldn't rule out another draw in this particular game I don't think there'll be a whole lot between them two teams the big match now in this particular group is going to be the meeting of Alan Gales and Drum Riley because the losers of this will be finishing bottom and will be playing Aha Willen we know that for, for sure in the other in the relegation final playoff no one will want to face Aha Willen it's a terrible position to begin um, the form guide would suggest Alan Gales in the sense that they've you know they got that result in their last game against Leitrim Gales they lost to Melvin Gales they lost to Glencar Manor but at the same time they'll probably go as favourites but I tell you going up to Drum Riley as favourites fighting for your life is never easy and 
they'll tell you in Drumshambo themselves, it's whatever team turns up on the day. There's great ability, there's great potential in that Alan Gales team, and John McPartland will be working with them and trying to get them right for it. But if you go to Drum Riley and you're not prepared to battle, and you're not prepared to dig in, and you're not prepared to fight for your championship life, you could very easily come out of it and you could be heading into a relegation final. So maybe a slight view for me would be that Alan Gales will get a positive result and that they will maybe avoid the drop. I think Declan Maxwell is a huge loss for Drum Riley. So I, I, I'd give the I'd give an odd to Alan Gales, but by God, it's not going to be easy reference. Drum, Drum Riley don't like uh, when people write them off, then they generally come out fighting. And then, They're like, the last week, survivors. But last week against Leitrim Gales, Leitrim Gales looked like they had the game wrapped up with five, six minutes mm-hmm. to go. And Drum Riley just said, no thanks, we're, we're still in this, and pulled it back to two points. Yeah. Just a little bit too much to do at the end. But, but I think... I think until the final whistle blows, Alan Gales won't be across that line. But I think it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. So you reckon a draw in, in Manor Hamilton and, and a victory and a, for Alan Gales? And well, maybe a positive result for Alan Gales. You know something, I wouldn't rule out another draw there, but it's a dangerous thing. Like you can't go into Gaelic football and play for a draw. And Alan Gales, with probably the players that they have, you might say are maybe in a slightly better position. But God, it's very, very difficult to call. I have a, have a sneaking feeling there could be a kick in the a sting in the tail from Drum Riley even with the odds are against them completely and I just feel that they'll push Alan Gales very close but maybe with the players that they're missing Alan Gales but only just impossible to call now interesting on the draw in Manor Hamilton that if that result were to happen it would mean Leitrim Gales top the group mm-hmm. and with the likelihood of St Mary's finishing fourth on the other side you could have two teams in one parish uh, up against each other and there's enough um, Wouldn't that be fun? There's, an, there's enough rivalry <laughs> between those two sides I think that might be the game of the weekend that if you're picking be, yeah. a quarter oh, final absolutely. for the streaming service absolutely um, what, how do you think that will go down no, no one I suppose your own good wife mm-hmm. is from between the two essentially yes. how, how will it go down do you think Difficult to, to, to know. A Leitrim Gale St. Mary's match? Yeah. Um, again, the history of it w- would be huge. But you look at a lot of things have moved on, and I know people can point to the fact that Leitrim Gales were only formed in 1997. But you could arguably at the minute now, and if, if you were drawing a circle around a radius of where Leitrim Gales are, and you have St. Mary's, you have Alan Gales, you have Kiltonworth, you know, all, all clubs in, in, in very close distance to them. You could at this stage make an argument that Leitrim Gales are on the top of that pile. Um, they proved against Alan Gales, maybe they should have won that game. The sending off of Colin Morton was, was a huge one for them. They've advanced maybe that a little bit easier in the group maybe than St Mary's had. Again, if you look at the two defeats that St Mary's suffered early on. So I think Leitrim Gales are in a very, very strong position. And if those two teams were to beat in a quarter final, then, well, St Mary's have all the experience and you can point to you know championship history and tradition and status. But the one thing that you have to look at from Leitrim Gales is that although they've only recently won the Intermediate Championship, they've been operating at a fairly decent level in the league in other years. I know we haven't had the league this year, but I think that league experience will be a huge factor in standing to them. And there's no doubt about it that they obviously will learn a lot as they're going through the Senior Championship. They know I would respectfully suggest the importance of keeping 15 players on the field after the last day. I think that's going to be huge for them. It's protecting their key men. But all that comes with experience, Breffney. All that comes with experience. When you play a senior championship for a few years, that'll become second nature to you. And it's a learning curve for them at this stage. But at the same time, they're not going to be a million miles away. Of course. Let's turn our attention to the 
intermediate grade and of course you're in Anna Duff this weekend mm-hmm. for uh, the Leitrim GA live stream which will be on their YouTube channel I presume and on their website as well right. over the, the course of the weekend 7 o'clock on Saturday evening you can hear John's voice there but in terms of the actual fixture itself Anna Duff and Gort Letra it's a table topper essentially at the top of mm-hmm. group 2 um, the way it sits at the moment we start with group 2 because that's where you're going to be this weekend uh, Kiltobert and Carrie Gallon face off for that fourth place. They're currently both three defeats from three games. So that's that one issue yeah. uh, to be put to bed. At the moment, Kiltobert would have edged that on score difference if it's a draw, but um, we don't envisage that probably happening. You might tell us later on. But the other three teams in the group, Anaduff on four points from three games, Drummer on six points from four games. Quite a good outing from Drummer this year, really. Yeah. And Gortletra, again, one of the relegated sides, 100% record, three wins from three. They're the visitors to Anadolf on Saturday evening. How do you see both of those? Let's start maybe with the game you're going to be actually at on, on Saturday evening. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very interesting one. It's the local derby. Again, that's the beauty of it in Leitrim. We have so many local derbies. Um, Gortletra, just from last year, lost that relegation final against Fina. So, and we're unlucky enough to come down. So they would be looking at an immediate return and they'd always feel their tradition and pedigree very much belongs in the senior championship. Now, they've gone through the group stages with wins so far in all their games that they've played, but at the same time, if you analyse the matches and you look at the respective games, there's been a dropout from Gortletra in almost all of those matches. And for some strange reason, it seems to happen in the third quarter after the, the water break or whatever comes in that they just can't get momentum going. So that's something that they'll be looking to try and avoid. And enough for going along nicely enough at a victory against Kiltorbert, at a victory against Carrie Gallen, and then they got rolled over with a steam train down in Drumahir last week. So they want to bounce back from that and get momentum going into it. Um, a huge game in the sense that although the two teams are sure they'll want to finish off with style, there's local bragging rights at stake. Probably you would think maybe with the likes of Jack Heslin and the Gortletra team, they might maybe have an opportunity and I think they could shade this particular game. The other match in that group that you've alluded to there as, w- as well is Kiltorbert and Carrie Gallen. And Kiltorbert was so unlucky to have lost to Anna Duff in the opening round, um, were beaten by Gortletra. This is going and were beaten by Drummer here. But this is a huge match now for these two teams. And again, they won't want to be in a relegation final. Difficult to call. I probably give a hesitant vote on it to Kiltobert. Yeah, Kiltobert have actually impressed me an awful lot. Mm. I saw two of their games so far. Even the defeat against Gortletra, the attitude was excellent yes. all the way through. They were so bitterly unlucky, as you said, that first day in Clune against mm-hmm. Anaduff. And when you look at now, Anaduff have a, a game on Saturday evening to top the group. Uh, in potentially, that could happen. Whereas they just managed to ease out Kiltobert by a single point, who are in a battle to st- survive in That's the group. It. So it shows how tight this intermediate championship. It's very fine margins. Absolutely, one hundred percent. If we cross our our attention over to Group One, of course, Drum Curran setting the pace here. Three wins from three. Uh, Bornacula, Carrie Gallen, Eslin, and Ochnashilan. And Bornacula at the moment they finished their campaign last night with a win over Ochnashilan, which has put Ochnashilan in a bit of bother at the bottom of that table. Fixtures this weekend, Ochnashilan uh, host Eslin, and you never know which Eslin side's going to show up. Uh, Drum Kieran and Balneglera, they also do battle. All, all those games taking place at 7 o'clock tomorrow, even Saturday, as people are listening to this. So it's very hard to look past Drum Kieran at the top of the table. They really have been impressive. Uh, local battle, though, against Balneglera, they could end up actually putting Balneglera out if results mm-hmm. go a certain way, and that, I think, would have been unheard of by anyone predicting how this was going to work out at the end of the season it must be very disappointing from a Balneglera point of view it has to be there's no doubt about it and that defeat against Ochnashilin who would have had trouble 
I suppose the amount of players that they've lost since they won the Intermediate Championship the last time that they were in it and under David Casey that time they performed heroics and, and you know came out and won the Championship but then they lost so many players and that often happens at club when they put everything in and invest everything into winning a Championship that all of a sudden when you win it well, the year is sucked out of it then, and an awful lot of fellows who might be at the latter stages of their career will say, I don't know if I have it, the hunger, the fitness, the desire to go back and give it another shot. And then fellows went travelling, and Ochnashilin, you know, in fairness to them, suffered terribly as a result of that. But in fairness to them, they're down there and they're battling and they're, and they're making one hell of a fight for it. Just going back to Banaglera and John Kieran, John Kieran have been knocking around this intermediate championship now over the last number of years, and there's a suppose a general consensus, rightly or wrongly, that's either going to be themselves or Gertletra who will be in the shake up for it this time round. So a local derby, form goes out the window, constructive attractive football will probably go out the window for this one. It'll be a war of attrition between themselves and Banaglera. Some very talented players on both teams, but the one thing that you're always looking for at this stage of the championship is momentum and form. And I think all that's with Drum Kieran at the minute. And I'd expect them now maybe to push on and maybe beat Bandaglera and head towards the latter stages of the championship. But Bandaglera will be up for this game, there's no doubt about it. The other match, then very, 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 very difficult to, to call, depending again on what Estlin team is going to turn up. That's going to be the, the, the $6 million question. But again, I suppose, when you look at it, um, Bornacula going fairly well. Could be a big ass there. Yeah, Bornacula are finished. They're actually going They're finished, through. Yeah. Bornacula play, uh, Esselin play on Kashila. On Kashila, yeah. But the reality of how the permutations work here is quite straightforward. Mm-hmm. If Balneglera lose, they're out of the competition. And the reason for that is because Esselin and Kashila have already beaten them. The head-to-head. So one of them has to pick up points. Yeah. A draw will guarantee they'll be out should they lose. A win would leave them level on two points with somebody at the bottom, but that team will already have beaten them. Yeah. So it is an absolute must for Balneglera to come through and win that. Ironically, if both games end in a draw uh, and Balneglera and Eslan and Oxygen all end up on three points, Balneglera are best placed because of their score difference because it's not done on a head-to-head. Head-to-head head with three so, teams as opposed to two. So a yeah. draw is enough to guarantee them going through. No, you're right. And say Barnacool, as I mentioned, they would probably be looking on with great interest. Um, I think there's something about Achnashilin, believe it or not, at this stage, that sometimes we could call it the Drum Riley factor. That when your back is to the wall and you're with limited resources, and somehow a team then draws from within the reserve, and you think, well, they can't go to the well many more times, but they can for some reason. And you know something about Achnashilin and the likes of Martin McHugh still back and being involved, and you can just see that, that desire there. And they probably have nothing to lose in one sense. They've got that win now, the last day round. And that's going to be a huge match for them. Now, of course, they had the, the, the Barnacola match, was it? Last Wednesday, night. Last night. Oh, Wednesday. Wednesday. We're recording this on Thursday. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, at the same time, they'll probably look back to that Bandaglera game. Three games in the one week. It's a lot. It's a lot to ask when you're looking at limited resources. How many times can they go to the well? You'd be saying pound for pound, Estlin is a better team at the moment. It's just something about Dr. Sheelan in a situation like that that I'm going towards them. But it's funny you mentioned the Drumreilly factor because their manager, of course, Brian Whitney, mm-hmm. was over Drumreilly for the last few years. So it's, he, I know they have that bit of steel to them anyway, but mm. I think it'd be interesting to see how Brian, I think Brian's very underrated in terms oh, of absolutely. what he brings to a club. And, and mm-hmm. I, he did wonders last year with Drumreilly. As we're seeing this year, they're struggling. There's that little bit more. They got that early win against Melvin Gales that set them up last year. Uh, Sheelan with that win against Balneglera has kind of set them up to be one of the favourites to get through this year when most people wouldn't have given them a hope a week ago. You know, That's so it. um, it's 
I just think uh, obviously he's a, from Leitrim Village as well, so yeah. I know him quite well. Yeah, but absolutely. In terms of what he's brought to Leitrim Gales, uh, there, then Dromoyle, and now Ochnashiel, and going into situations like who in their right mind from outside these clubs would take on these roles? <laughs> like, I don't mean that in a de- in, in a negative way towards mm-hmm. these clubs, but but they're big challenges. People like Quinn when they know there's a, a flood of players coming up from underage, and Brian's gone into these two situations over the last couple of seasons, knowing that there's not a flood of players no, coming through. What survival. you see is what you get. It's and, survival. And a quarterfinal is a huge result. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, bearing all that in mind, and I suppose there's so many of these clubs that might be struggling at the moment for numbers on us, it, there's definitely an awful lot to be said for these managers. They're a rare species, and when things are going well, it's all right. But God, when you lose a game or two, you're the worst in the world, and the knives are out for you, and whatever. In, in one sense, it's probably better maybe to be a club that's not your own, and that you can get away from it a little bit, and you're not listening to it every second of the day. But at the same time, massive challenge there. And you're right about Brian, he's, he's, he's done fantastic work there. He's had that Trumbrilly experience, what he's did with Leitrim Gales. And Estlin, we just don't know about Estlin. We just don't know one day from the next what they're going to do, what type of team is going to turn up. Huge ability in the team, but you know when it comes down to this sense of it and championship lives at, at stake, I've just had this feeling in the back of my head that Achtenshielen could cause a major shock here. Of course, and then of course Drum Kieran, your favourites to top that group. Oh, Drum Kieran, yeah, definitely. I think Drum Kieran, I think Drum Kieran Gartletra are if they don't meet in the semi-finals, could be a very interesting final. What do you think is the the key between Drum Kieran this year? That's really given that that steel that maybe they didn't have last year because they finished fourth in their group last year yes. despite making the final. They didn't have a great group ca- campaign. They've done that this year. What's the difference? I think probably hunger coming so coming so close last year. I think is is going to be a huge one for them. Obviously, the the, the ability of some good young players coming up through the ranks is going to be is going to be a massive plus for them as well. So I think that you know all those factors come into it. One probably disadvantage I seen last year was maybe the lack of an out and out marquee forward. You know, maybe a Michael Foley in the past or someone like that that they could depend on uh, entirely. They've got young David in there, he's the makings of a of a lovely footballer. Um they're they're going to be, I think, not too far away, but at the latter stages of the championship, it's potential match winners. Is going to be the big thing on it. So have they that problem rectified? Are they going to get enough for spread in the scores in the forward division? That that's going to be that's going to be key for me. But at the same time, I think they're going to be fairly close. But I think definitely to answer your question, big factor from last year coming so close, and probably that huge effort now to to go on better this time round and win that because they're a football mad town. I only live a few miles away from it, and there's wonderful guys down there. And for them to win an intermediate championship. I don't think anybody could be grudges to them with the history that they've had in this competition. I think they've taken on a bit of external consulting as well this year that might be helping them as well. But you never know. You <laughs> yes, never know. Absolutely, it could be, could be, could be doing, a, could be doing a, the, the trick for them. On Sunday afternoon, I don't know if you've been following the junior championship, but just go through it. Uh, there's four fixtures in the junior A championship. We'll just run through the, mm-hmm. the fixtures: Gortletra versus Carrie Gallen, Glencar Manor versus Glenfarn Kilty. Those taking place in Group One, while in Group Two, Sean Heslands and St Mary's and Ahavast face Anaduff. All those games one thirty on Sunday afternoon. So a busy weekend for the entire sports world here in the county over the next couple of weeks. And we do try and cover the junior games mm-hmm. as well because I suppose we can only I, there's only one of me, so I can only get to certain games. So the junior football That's gives it. us the outlet. And interesting that you mentioned resources because now it comes very much into into play more so than ever for the teams that you know maybe junior is your second team or whatever 
those clubs are going to be feeling the pinch a little bit now as championship wears on and maybe less and less players become available. So I think very much look at the teams where their their first teams are playing in the junior championship. And I think that could give you a good indicator, particularly at this stage of the competition. In ladies football this weekend, almost a full round of fixtures at the three adult levels within the county. One game seems to have fallen by the wayside. St. Bridget's unable to field a side on Sunday morning against Glencar Manor. Balnamore Sean Heslands will host Kiltubbard, while St. Joseph's and St. Francis will face off against each other at 11am in Carrigallon on Sunday morning. So two fairly one-sided games expected there. But Balnamore Sean Heslands and Kiltubbard, a bit of a local rivalry. We'll be interested to see if Kiltubber can raise their game. They'll be looking for a, a big step up from their levels so far in the championship. At the intermediate grade, Mull and Drummer do battle in what will probably be the game of the weekend. The two sides making the early running in the intermediate championship, while St Mary's Kiltard and Anna Duff do battle also in the intermediate championship at 11am on Sunday morning. In the junior championship, the two first teams in the junior championship will face off on Sunday morning also at 11am. Unfortunately, that one has been moved from the normal Sunday afternoon times that uh, we've become used to with the junior championship. But St Joseph's B and Glencar Manor B, they are still at 4pm on Sunday afternoon. That's a home game for St Joseph's. That game at 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Starting to hot up in the senior, intermediate and junior championship competitions for Leitrim Ladies Football. This is round four of five taking place in the championship. The 23rd of August we'll see the final games in each group and we'll go through all the permutations and possibilities in next week's show ahead of the final round of games. Best luck to all the girls taking part. And that, folks, is all we have time for today. Thank you very much to my guest, John Lynch, for coming in and having a, and sharing his expertise with us. It's great to have you. Uh, your dulcet tones <laughs> on the show. And, uh, You're very welcome, as always, Thanks a, for having us. A pleasure. And the very best luck in Anaduff tomorrow evening. Uh, Leitrim GA Live, I suppose. It's their yeah, live stream the live event. live stream, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's on their YouTube channel and on their Facebook page. And, well, not Facebook page, the website. website yeah. And also, I suppose, when I mention YouTube, subscribe to Leitrim GA. Absolutely. And, and just on that, there's an opportunity now as well to register because it's going to be moving away from YouTube after this week as well but there's going to be an opportunity where you can register and to get on in plenty of time ahead of the quarterfinals just to have accounts and everything sorted out before that and it'll give you a chance over the next two weeks so that when the games come round for the quarterfinals there'll be an opportunity there that you'll have your account set up and ready to go. Yeah Brendan did mention that on the show last mm-hmm. week. Uh, did we have d- definite details on the cost of that yet? I think it's going to be somewhere in the region of €5 Euro, yeah. I think per match which isn't going to be huge and I know if €5 Euro is €5 Euro, but it isn't going to be huge and we'd like to think that this is going to be done in such a professional way that it might be the next best thing as opposed to being at the game where obviously a large number of people won't be able to. Yeah, but I think for people who maybe, especially who are not based in the county or not based in the country, it's a huge addition. I know I've been watching a lot of the League of Ireland. I'd mm-hmm. be very interested in that and watching both Longford Town and Sligo Rovers play in Cork and Waterford yeah. and all these places over the last few weeks. Derry, without having to leave the house or leave the office, I can just turn it on and see it. They have it's five euros per game, but they've got a season pass. And I know Brendan mentioned that might be an option as well. That there'd be yeah, a and all fee to see every game. Yes, and I, absolutely. For anyone who's who's doing this, trust me, you'll love it. If you're into Gaelic games and you want to follow what's happening, even if your own team aren't playing, 
you'll still want to watch those games either live or picking it up later on in the show. One of the things I like what they do, and I know Brendan mentioned this would be the CCC's role, is set the fixtures. But in the League of Ireland, what they've done is they've staggered all the fixtures. Mm -hmm. So you can sit, sit and watch virtually every single game yeah. uh, over a course of a weekend if you're so inclined. And I think that would be a huge addition, but obviously the CCC set the fixtures and they won't be That's dictated it. to we'll try. We'll, yeah, we'll try and, and get in as many games as we can. Now, obviously, it might be possible with just the, the, the one crew to cover all matches, but we'll, we'll, we'll give it a shot and we'll try and take in as many games on both the senior and intermediate championships in the quarterfinals as possible. And of course, then we'll move on to semis and we've got the finals coming up as well towards the, towards the end of September. So you can just see as we move into autumn, Plenty, plenty to keep us going. Absolutely. Well, listen, John, thanks very much, as I said, for dropping in. Pleasure to have you, and the best luck over the weekend. Thanks a million, Brethren. This, of course, is Leitrim Daily. It's episode 214, sponsored by the local enterprise office here in County Leitrim, and specifically their 90% grant for their online trading vouchers. If you want to know more information, you can get it directly from them at localenterprise.ie forward slash Leitrim, and you can also get in touch with us here. We'll help you get through that process and get that grant for yourself. Uh, info at leitrimdaily.com for us. I'll be back on Monday with a roundup of all of the sports action from the weekend, and don't forget, you'll get the interviews on our Twitter account and our YouTube channel. Please subscribe over on our YouTube channel. We're trying to build that up at the moment. And we will talk to you on Monday.